Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty, Mamma Mia's podcast for your face. I'm Kelly McCann. And I'm Lee Campbell. And Kelly, this is your last week with us. I know, but don't you all worry. I'll be back in your ears. Well, I'll still be in your ears on Thursdays and I'll be back for Monday and Friday apps in approximately four weeks because yeah. I work for myself and I can't afford to take any time off. Do you know what? That's one thing, Lee, that people like think, oh, it's so good to work for yourself. You don't get sick leave. You don't get mat leave. You literally get nothing. So, yeah. That's it. And look, I must selfishly say I'm very happy about this situation because it's only a couple of weeks and the lovely Shazzy and Erin will be stepping in. But then you're going to be back before we know it and you'll have a brand new newborn. Yeah. I'll have four weeks of like banking up easy products, hopefully. Like easy things to do in my sleep-deprived state. Or you'll be like, I haven't touched a beauty product. What is the time? What is going on? (laughs) Help me. But anyway, we're going to jump into some questions today. Of course, it's Monday. So we've gone through the inbox. We've looked at all the submitted questions. And this week, Sharon asked about Korean beauty. So we're going to talk all about the hype and the best brands. But right now, we have a question from Jamie. Dear you, beauty, I recently moved to a coastal town and I adventured to the beach during the warmer months. Despite applying sunscreen, I was not diligent with it and this resulted in a severe sunburn on my face as well. I've had nightmares about the damage I've caused my skin and that I've contributed to premature aging. Over the last couple of months, I've noticed an increase in freckles, particularly on my chest, mid-stomach and mildly on my face, which is the reason I seek your expertise. Firstly, will these freckles last forever? I've learnt my lesson. Can one major sun exposure damage your skin beyond repair? I've not been burnt in a very long time. Lastly, what can I do to alleviate the existing sun damage? E.g. fade freckles on body alleviate sunscreen damage on face. To Lee, a.k.a. the queen of sunscreen, I am so sorry to disappoint you. I've learnt my lesson. The nightmare continues. Kindest regards. Long time you beauty listener and Kelly slash Lee admirer. Oh, oh, how good's Jamie? What an angel. I love that she still asks a question because she should never be scared. Lee's not scary. I agree. I'm not scary and I'm not mad. That was such a fantastic summary and apology. God love her. Look, mistakes happen, particularly when I was on mat leave and I'd end up going for a long walk and forget to put sunscreen on. I've got quite burnt several times. So we're all human. Yes, we want to be diligent with our sun care. Primarily because skin cancer is obviously terrifying and deadly, but also aging is not ideal. It's much less um, bad for you, but it's definitely something that we want to avoid. So you're not in trouble, don't worry. We're confronted by when we look in the mirror and go, ah! (laughs) Exactly. So the good news is freckles generally fade a fair bit. Give it till winter. And you'll be like, oh, if it's, you know, that brand new freckles that have just popped up post sun exposure, they're at their rawest and kind of, I guess, most obvious at the moment. But throughout winter, they're going to fade a fair bit on their own. So don't stress too much. But of course, there's a lot of things you can do. 
believe it or not, the sun damage that is generally sitting on top of your skin, so you know, your brown spots and your pigmentation, that's all kind of coming from many years earlier. And I know that because, well, I don't just know that. The whole skin industry knows that. But there's some very fancy um, scans you can have done on your skin and you can see the sun damage lying under there that comes out later. So unfortunately, because I worship the sun in my 20s and even into my early 30s, I am trying to, I guess, undo all that stuff I did before. So oftentimes it's lurking under there. So it's important for anyone listening who might be younger or have younger sons and daughters That's why we want to get onto sunscreen and really diligent sun exposure, you know, best practice at an early age, again, because cancer is bad, but also because you get to your mid-30s and your 40s and your 50s and you're like, oh, is that what I was doing? Because when you're young, if you do tan, you generally tan like a nice golden, even brown colour and you think, oh, what's everyone talking about? It's not until later that it comes out. You get old and splodgy. Yes, it's not a lovely even tan anymore. Even I obviously don't even tan, but if I do get any sort of like sun exposure, it's just all mottled and disgusting. <laughs> so with that said, sunscreen is one line of defense and generally pretty much your last line of defense. So on top of your sunscreen, you're going to wear shirt, hat and sunnies when you're out and about. So if you're going to the beach and obviously outdoors, you don't have to wear a shirt, hat and sunnies if you're working inside next to a window, that's overkill. But if you are purposely outdoors, don't just rely on sunscreen, it's not going to be enough. And now Jamie, you want to undo what you've done. Vitamin C under your sunscreen every morning, please. So vitamin C is a very powerful antioxidant. It's going to help boost the effects of your sunscreen that you put on top and offer uh, antioxidant protection. And then, of course, you want to fade your freckles. I think freckles are really beautiful, but hey, if you don't want them or the sun damage is there and you want to sort it out, there's the usual suspects, vitamin A and retinol. Use those on your face, ease into it if you've never used them before. You do mention also your body and your chest. Be very careful with the skin on your decolletage on your chest. It's very fragile and thin. So you can use retinols there, but just very carefully ease into it. Another ingredient, hydroquinone, is very well known for fading pigmentation. That John Plunkett fade is literally that. So look into that. And then in salon, you can have a Cosmoland peel. I do that in winter. It's quite a hectic peel where your face sort of falls off for a a week, but it's very good for pigmentation. It's specifically for that. Needling is fantastic for lifting pigmentation. Coming towards the end of Jan now, I've got some pigmentation. I always get it kind of around my cheekbone hairline. I don't know why. That's just my spot. So I'm going to do a whole bunch of needling. When I say whole bunch, probably three sessions. And then there's also some peels you can have. So you definitely have options. Yes, you can fade the freckles. You can probably pretty much remove them. But you're human. So don't worry. You say you got one bad burn. It happens. Just don't let it happen again. Try your best. And if you're interested in any of those treatments that Lee has just mentioned, we've done a couple of spotlight episodes on things like needling and Cosmolan yes. and Ask It Expert episodes on the retinol and the vitamin C. So we can actually pop those in the show notes so you can keep doing your research if you please. Yes, that's a great idea, Kel, because obviously, you know, pigmentation is such an epic topic exactly. so we can't cover it yeah. all here, but we've deep dived into each of those. So we'll put a whole list in the show notes so you can go, oh, that sounds like something I might like to do. And then you can hear more about it. Okay, so our next question is from Shannon who asked, Hi, I have a question. Why does Korean skincare have a particularly large following? Is it actually better? For some reason, I find myself really convinced by their marketing. 
Thanks, Shannon. Isn't that an interesting question? It is, but I just think it's because the population over there is so big and also so many Korean women just have such stunning skin. Yes, exactly. And that's pretty much the answer. I mean, (laughs) you're like, okay, well, the answer's a little bit like more in-depth than that, Kelly. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, it's true. It's because skincare and good skin health is ingrained in Korean culture from a very young age. So I guess... You know, oh, God, I was going to say a terrible example, like Australians love the cricket. That's not right. But you know what I mean? Like it's just focusing on skin and using good quality skincare is such a, I guess, a cultural thing from when you're young. So it's just uh, expected. And Korean men and women generally have extremely beautiful glass, glowy skin, or they aim to. And the good news is there's a huge population. Everyone's focused on skincare. So there's fantastic, fantastic products and brands, and they're affordable because it's a very competitive market in South Korea, and we get to benefit off it. Korean skincare blew up. God, I mean, it's been huge, but I guess the Western world probably 10 years ago were like, ooh, let's kind of copy what they're doing. And then we see a lot of Western brands take influence or technology from Korean brands and adapt it to Western brands. So I've got a little list of some of my favourites. Some are expensive, some aren't. Suluwasu. It's in, is it Mecca or Sephora? Do you remember, Sephora. It's so beautiful. It's in Sephora. And it's expensive. It's kind of like Korea's version of SK2. Absolutely stunning. Very beautiful. Innisfree is another one. You might have seen their stores. They're popping up sort of everywhere and have been over the last few years. Interestingly, same company as Suluwasu and much more affordable. Really beautiful sheet masks. They even do makeup and everything like that. Another Korean brand I really love, CoSRX. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's C-O-S-R-X. Affordable, fantastic. That's the Snail Gears brand. Everyone talks about the Snail Gears, which is like snail secretion, um, which is great for hydration. Dr. Jart is Korean. Oh. That's kind of middle of the road price range. I know. Dr. Jart used to do the most amazing BB cream before we discovered It Cosmetics and they discontinued it and it broke my heart. Klaas. Is also on iHerb, affordable, fantastic. Peach and Lily is a brand and a website. I get a lot of stuff from Peach and Lily. They do the really great acne dots. Laneige, the lip overnight treatment. Yeah, are they Korean too? Oh my goodness. Yes, and I mean, that's just a very short list of ones that have become westernised. So there's a lot of brands. You say you're feeling sucked in by their marketing. That's because they do just very true, honest marketing. There's not a lot of greenwashing. There's not a lot of cleanwashing. It's very sort of easy to understand up front. And I think that's why people... People find it so refreshing. So, yes, Koreans put a fantastic amount of research and development, money, research into their brands. They're very effective and they're not generally very expensive. So, Shannon, please shop on, go get yourself some Korean skincare and then jump in the group and tell us what you bought so that we can copy. Like it's a never-ending pool of goodies on the Korean beauty market. So I'm like, tell us what you love, tell us what's worth our money because – Gosh, we need everyone involved to be able to get through all of the Korean totally. skincare options. And, you know, a lot of South Korean women are skincare obsessed and have, you know, 11, 12, 13, 15 step skincare routines. You don't have to have every step. You know, there's pre-serums that you put on before your serum. You don't have to adopt every step. You can just kind of cherry pick and choose which products you want, but then just have a three or four step if that's for you. So you can definitely dip your toe into Korean without having to do every single step and get up at 4.30 in the morning. Damn it, though. I want the glassy, beautiful skin without 15 steps. <laughs> oh, look, me too. But I think a lot of it is genetics as well. We need True. to remember that. True. You know why? I'm going to go back to your analogy. <laughs> because we've been brought up outside watching the bloody cricket, which is really boring. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Well, on that note, is that it, Kel? That's our last Monday for a month or so. That is, but we hope that we've helped. We will be back on Friday to share our spendy savies and empties, of course. And if you two need our help, why not reach out to us and you'll have Shazzy or Erin helping Lee out, just offering a mouth and an ear, really, over the next couple <laughs> of Mondays. So you can send an email to youbeauty at mamamia.com.au or call the pod phone on 02899-9386. And just as an FYI, by listening to You Beauty, Mamma Mia's daily beauty podcast, you're helping to fund girls in schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world through our partnership with Room to Read. We're currently funding 300 girls every single day, but our aim is to get to 1,000. So keep listening and keep reading. This podcast is brought to you by Mamma Mia, and this episode was produced by Michaela Floriano and Gia Moylan. Have a lovely week, and we'll chat on Friday. Bye. Woohoo.